Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Who's a Good Dog? I'm Kate Lever, journalist and author of the book Good Dog. My canine co-host is Bertie the Dog, a rescue dog who is part Shih Tzu, part Potato. On each episode of Who's a Good Dog, I ask someone wonderful to come on and tell me all about their dog. Today, we've got best-selling novelist Juno Dawson. Juno has written hugely successful books for adults and teenagers, including This Book is Gay, What's the Tea, Clean, and Meat Market. She's currently working on an incredible-sounding book about witches who are also spies. She's also had roles on TV shows Holy City and I May Destroy You. Her tiny precious dog is called Prince. Juno, first things first, is Prince named after the legendary singer or actual royalty? Well, yes and no, in that he's very, very tiny, as was Prince. But um, at the time I got him, I think it was 2014, I had just been crowned the Queen of Teen, which was, in fact, I'm on a technicality, I'm still the Queen of Teen, <laughs> because after the year I won it, they stopped doing it. So I suppose I am now the once and forever queen of teen as in young adult fiction young adult yeah. fiction so it was kind of like i really like the queen of teen it came in for some stick because it was very pink and sparkly but the idea was it was supposed to celebrate just unashamedly female teen fiction and you know it was almost like the jacqueline wilson prize that was never won by Jacqueline Wilson because it had been it had been noted that no authors were selling books 
in the volume that she was, and yet she would, she was almost entirely overlooked by awards. You know, she's never won kind of like the big major children's book prizes. And so they wanted to celebrate commercial teen fiction. And, um, and then she never won it, which is really unfortunate. <laughs> and now she never will because it's and you forever. And now she never will. I wish somebody would bring it back. I always say because it was run by the book people and the book people, I'm not even sure if the book people is still going. I wish someone would pick it up like a WH Smith or someone could do the Queen of Teening. And I think that would be really cool. So I think I won the prize in the July. And then it was over that summer that I was starting to think about maybe I'll get a dog. And so it just made sense that as I was the queen to have Prince and it was that, it just worked, you know, it, it just felt right for, especially for a chihuahua. <laughs> oh yeah. And I'm sure he's treated like a prince as he should be. So tell me a little bit about that process of thinking, I might get a dog and how that got to, here is my dog. So at the time I was living in Battersea, so the obvious place to go was Battersea Dogs and Cats Home. And so off I trotted. It was a deceptively long walk from my flat, but um, I went because I'd committed. And um, (laughs) this was obviously way, way back pre-COVID, so you could just literally turn up. Um, And I looked at some dogs, my heart was broken. But because we lived on a second floor flat, without a garden of our own and we were told we weren't eligible to adopt Mm. and it does I find it endlessly frustrating that it's easier to buy a dog than it is to adopt a dog because wherever possible we should be discouraging people from buying puppies but I did uh, because I I couldn't adopt and so I didn't really have a lot of choice to be honest if I wanted to have a dog I mean, I, I suppose I could have waited and tried to rehome one that, you know, hadn't gone through like a shelter. And actually, a couple of years later, my, my friend Sarah, she did just that. You know, she found a family in the area who needed to rehome. And I think that's possibly what I would do in the future. I don't see myself buying a dog mm. again, I must admit. And partly because of the experience with Prince. So I, I will be careful because I don't want to land myself in prison or anybody else but now knowing what I know now there are red flags about the way I got Prince in that it was on Gumtree or or, or similar I think it was Gumtree and the breeder was in Peckham and I sort of went round to her flat where to be fair there were two adult in fact there were three adult chihuahuas so it kind of figured that she was breeding chihuahuas kind mm. of from this council flat near Peckham Rye Station. But nor did Prince look a thing like either of his parents at all. Okay. And and since I know now that, you know, the illegal puppy trade, you know, they ship puppies into homes and then you sort of pass off other dogs as being the puppy's parents so that people don't get suspect. Because, you know, I was an adult, I knew that you should always meet the parents and make sure the dogs aren't in some gross puppy farm environment. And it didn't look like a gross puppy farm. It looked like a council house in Peckham Rye. And I saw two adult chihuahuas and I was like, okay, I guess that's the mum and dad. On reflection, I'm not sure that was... I don't know where those puppies had come from. Although, although there was... So, Prince had two brothers. But then there was also 
another crate that had little tiny, tiny little chihuahuas in. Tinier than Prince. Tinier than Prince. And they like were literally just a few days old and they were obviously still suckling on their mum mm. and so actually maybe I'm overthinking it because maybe I think the idea was they had two bitches and one dog and they kind of took it in turns to breed the bitches kind of but I think when I got Prince he was about 500 pounds so you know there was money to be made yeah. and there is money to be made although I think since 2014 regulations have been tightened up. I think it is harder to be a dog breeder. And I think on Gumtree, they have certain rules around dog Mm. breeding and things as well now. Well, it's good to talk about this because I think so few people realise that they even should be looking for red flags in terms of picking up a puppy from a breeder. It seems, you know, it's so easy to think it's legit because how could people get away with that kind of thing? But it's pretty rife. So it's good that you've been able to talk about it because you know, people should be thinking about this kind of stuff as well. It's it's news now as well. I mean, I think a couple of things have put it in the news. One was obviously lockdown and lockdown puppies mm. and people wanting puppies during lockdown. And the other one was um, Molly May from, from Love Island. <gasps> yes. Um, bought a dog. Tommy Fury bought her a dog, which, which died, you know, possibly because of its the conditions in which it had been brought into the country. And so we know now this is big organised crime stuff. Mm. You know, these are very, ex- I mean, in dogs now, you wouldn't get a chihuahua for £500 now. Oh, no, you'd, no. you'd be lucky to get a chihuahua for 1500 now. So, you know, there's, there's money to be made. Once in the middle of the night, Max, my husband and I were walking back from the cinema and we saw this car pull up outside a house two minutes from where we live and they just unloaded a crate full of puppies into oh. this house. And then people will see, people, we did report this from Taurus PCA, um, you know, people will see puppies on Gumtree and think they were born in that house. And of course they weren't. They've been imported from, usually from Europe or Russia, kind of. Yeah. Oh, it's so sad. But I am so glad that Prince has a lovely, safe home with you. And, yeah. and you know, that that let's just assume that Prince is immortal because we don't like to think of a world in which prince is not around but you know it's lovely that your future dog decisions would be based more on trying to rehome someone that's you know perfect great situation i mean i've I've learned a lot now and as well i was kind of like the first of my friends to get a dog as well i mean never say never maybe i would get a puppy again but I would certainly, I'm much more educated now than I was in 2014. <laughs> I'm also seven years older, so, you know. Uh, a lot happens in seven years uh, to the world, obviously, but mm-hmm. also in our own lives. Um, so you live with Prince and your husband, mm-hmm. Max. Uh, who was in your life first, Max or Prince? Prince. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. right. I thought I was correct in thinking that. So um, how did Prince respond when Max started being a regular person in your life? <laughs> um, bless him. I mean, Pr- Prince, so it's, it's funny because he's kind of middle-aged now. So Prince mm. is seven and he, there is a level of, I must admit, he is very unchihuahua-like. There is a level of disdain he has for other people, which is quite <laughs> brutal. Yeah. In that he's just not fussed. He's not yappy, but you will not hear him unless somebody rings the doorbell. Um, he isn't aggressive. He isn't overly protective of me. He just is completely ambivalent to most other humans. <laughs> it's awful. But 
then for whatever reason, he selects certain humans that yeah. he adores. Um, and I can count them on like one hand. Is it's me. Max in Stuart. that group? He's not. No, this is, it's so <laughs> awful. He just, he's, okay, if I go out, some sometimes if I've got to go out on the dog walk is fully booked and can't take Prince, Max will be in charge of Prince for the day. <laughs> Prince might go and sit in Max's office. Yeah. If he's really lucky. But he's not he's not really into sitting on his knee. Like I think once in a blue moon, Prince might just go sit on Max's knee, but often he has to be encouraged to do so. Yeah. Um I mean it must be. I mean Max is like six foot four and Prince is a trower. It must be. It must I mean, God only knows what Max looks like from down there. Kind of. Yeah, an absolute giant, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is he, is Prince affectionate with you? Will he come and sit on your lap? Oh my god, yes. He, yeah. he follows me around all the live long day. Okay, okay. So he's just selective about which people he wants to, you know, deign to let into his like inner circle. There, there are five of us. Yeah, okay. There are literally okay. in the world there are five of us. So it's a select group. Oh, and so are I they mean, friends or family that he selected or one is my mum. Yep. He's very keen on my mum. Good choice. He, luckily, his dog walker, who he adores, but Luke, his guy called Luke, he runs a business called Harvey's Walks, get a plug in. Luke is like the dog whisperer. He truly is magic. I mean, there is no dog Luke does not have a bond with. Mm. And Stuart, who is a friend of mine who used to walk Prince, actually, when he was a little puppy. So that would, that would make sense. Yes. Um, And Katie, who is my friend who has who has him if I go away like on a big long work trip or if we're on holiday because Katie's got kids oh actually he's very keen on the kids he likes kids he's 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 good well well some kids he's even more ambivalent (laughs) to children which is because obviously when children see a tiny little dog coming at them they tend to flip out and Mm -hmm. oh my god and he's just like no not interested no Hi, I'm Martin. Hello, I'm Sam. And together we host Song by Song, a show about the music of Tom Waits. So you're listening to Who's a Good Dog right now. But guess what? We're part of the same network, Strip Media. And speaking of dogs, Tom Waits famously recorded a dog food commercial back in the 1980s, an experience so enriching he's never needed to work in advertising again. Who's a good Tom Waits? If you'd like to hear our thoughts on Tom Waits' canine content and more, Take a look at songbysongpodcast.com or search Song by Song wherever you find podcasts. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So my boyfriend and I consider Bert our Shih Tzu to be the third member of our family. Like the three of us are a family unit. We have family cuddles. We go on family holidays. We are a family. Do you feel the same way about Prince? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've said this in, I could do another plug, in my book, The Gender Games, that this this always sounds like like a film line or like something from bad TV, but... I didn't really fully understand my capacity for love mm. until I got the dog because I had never had something that was completely dependent on me. And obviously in a in a romantic relationship, your partner shouldn't yeah. be. <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't be the centre of their world. I don't think that's healthy and I've, I've, I would say that to a friend, you know. But then I got this dog, this tiny baby dog that was the size of a gerbil. And it was terrifying. Like, shit, you know, if I don't look after this thing, he's going to die, you know, and it will be on you and that will be the worst thing in the world. And at the time I was single, shout out to my amazing flatmate at the time, Steve, who I think both of us were driven pretty close to the edge. You know, looking looking after a puppy is really, really difficult. Mm. And pe- people need to hear that, I think, because I think it's come as a bit of a shock to a lot of people who did get dogs in lockdown. And I knew, you know, that Prince has got... He's got nobody else. It's just me. And now, now I have Max. But the, really, when it comes to Prince, the book stops with me. And so I have my career and I've got my partner and I've got my friends. But, you know, Prince will have to come first, you know, and... I'm I'm very mindful of the the lady in Peckham who I bought the dog off. Her parting words to me as as she handed me little baby Prince were, "It's a dog, not a baby." Oh. <laughs> and and I was like, "Yes, that's true. And you should you should treat dogs like dogs. They they are supposed to walk on the floor, and you know they're not supposed <laughs> to be dressed up. But you know." He is totally my responsibility in in the way that a child is its parents' responsibility, and so yeah. So I do I do consider as a family absolutely. Yeah, and gosh, that was the longest yes that's ever been, wasn't it? (laughs) I loved it because I I liked the the voice acting. Thank you. Well, I was in Holby for six episodes. Obviously, uh, I know she's an actress. (laughs) Um. I'm so pleased to hear you talk about a dog coming into your life, teaching you about your capacity to love. Because so often one of the most annoying things people say about women who are not mothers uh, is, you know, you, you don't know love until you've had a child. And I always oh, think like, I I would, yeah, them. either. Well, first of all, fuck off. And second of all, how? why do you suppose to know how much I love my dog? Because if I loved any other creature any more than I love Bird. I would simply cease to exist. I could not function. And I think it's the most beautiful form of love. So I I love that because I think it's a very real thing, the love between a person and their dog. Yeah, and I think it's it's weird. And and again, I think people, you you see it, especially in, you know, the the eyes of 
human parents rather than dog parents, which is the slightly pitying look. But I think I have made a very definite life choice, a feminist choice, that I would rather have dogs than babies. Mm -hmm. You know, very, very early on in our relationship, Max and I talked about children and we were both on the same page when it came to wanting human children. You know, the fact I'm trans wasn't really part of that, you know, because I know trans parents, so that's not an Mm, issue. mm. So it's not a case of, I feel like I can't have a human baby. I just don't want one. But I do think... Now that I've had Prince, and again, I I don't want to wish him away, but I think I will always have a dog in my life. Yeah. And I think, you know, Prince Prince is the first of my dog children, kind of, but I don't think he'll be the last. Yeah, and I think that's such a lovely and I shouldn't have to say valid choice, but a lot of people are out there trying to invalidate choices like that and it's just such a, I think it's a wonderful life choice. It's the one I'm making as well. So I, you know, in, a, in sort of on that train of thought, I think dogs can be life-changing. Um, you know, I wrote a book about all sorts of dogs who've changed, if not saved, the lives of human beings. Um, and Bert and also my previous dog, also a Shih Tzu, named Lady Fluffington, may she rest in peace, Amazing. Um, brought such joy and such love to my life but also have been such tremendous moral and emotional support, particularly during periods of depression for me um, and various other things that have happened in my life, as well as just like providing laughs every day with the sounds they make and the things they do. Um, How do you reckon Prince has changed your life? Gosh, in so many ways. I think I was 32 when I got Prince and I was starting to find it a bit weird that I'd never really had any responsibility in my life. I'm a freelance writer. I was a teacher for a while, which don't get me wrong, that was a big responsibility. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was in loco parentis to those kids, you know, when, when we were on school trips and stuff. But, you know, I could see my friends growing up in different ways, you know, getting mortgages, getting married. Some of them were starting to think about having human children. And... I was living this quite nocturnal life. I was going out a lot. I was living in London. I was drunk all the time. And I was a bit like, is this is this it? You know, is, is this going to kind of be my life forever? Kind of, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, absolutely. I know I still know some people in their 50s who are still <laughs> just really, yep. you know, getting, you know, really milking London for all it's worth. Fantastic. Kind of, And I think that's great. Yeah. But I just thought I wasn't, I felt I wasn't kind of, experiencing the city in a way that I wanted to I decided you know now is as good a time as any and you know despite the fact I had some quite compelling people in my life saying do not get a dog it will ruin your life Hmm. um I decided to do it anyway (laughs) and you know what it was and again I cannot stress this enough it was so so hard yeah but I think my friend Tanya Byrne, amazing writer called Tanya Byrne, once said, and I'm assuming it's like an old adage from somewhere, she was like, oh, you can always trust a man with a dog because they're always going home on a night. <laughs> and she was right. You <laughs> know, like it's, meant, it's meant I have an anchor, like I have a base. So really kind of Prince, and don't get me wrong, I've lived in lots of physical flats since, but really he's become home mm. because I've got to you know, I can't behave the way I used to behave, which I'm sure my mum will be delighted to know. But, (laughs) um, you know, basically it meant I had to grow up. It meant my Peter Pan Neverland days were done. 
Yeah. And I I do think like having a little fluffy angel to look after is, it is transformative. I also find that they're a great excuse for, for when you do need to, you know, get home. Like I often am like, well, <laughs> gotta go, need, need to oh, look after the dog. Oh, the dog's home. <laughs> Even when the dog is not home, sometimes I use that excuse. It's a great, <laughs> evergreen reason to leave a boring social event. Quite right, quite right. Sometimes I look back at sort of that it was a bold move. You know, recently I've seen a couple of single friends get dogs and they've really struggled. Yeah, yeah, because I feel like it is worth talking about how difficult it is when you get a dog of any age, really, when they're a new housemate, but particularly puppies. I mean, I didn't get mean to get a puppy. My last dog, Lady Fluffington, was an elderly lass when I adopted her. And um, Bert was nine months, I think, when we got him from Battersea. And he was a nightmare as well, like the sweetest little nightmare in the world. But he would bite me. He bit me on the nipple once, which was just like one of the <gasps> most painful things that's ever happened. <laughs> Oh my god, that's, that's outrageous! Were you trying to breastfeed your dog? I was though? not. Because I, was actually... I think you, you brought that one on yourself. <laughs> your limits for grossness change so fast when you're a dog owner as well. I used to be quite concerned about things being clean, and now yeah, it's you know the, the things you know when you've wrestled wrestled things from your dog's mouth that oh, he's not supposed to be yeah. eating, and you know. My dog has, sorry, Prince, you know, I'm going to shame you on a podcast. My dog has impacted anal glands, which oh. means that I'm constantly having to empty his anal glands. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's a thing with small dogs, apparently. The thing that if you, again, if you tell me eight years ago that, you know, well, this is going to be your life now. <laughs> you have to, about once a fortnight, you have to massage your dog's anal glands. Would I have got a dog? Probably not. But <laughs> but the, similarly, I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah, you know? absolutely. You're, so you're so right. Your grossness threshold changes. I have caught an entire handful of projectile vomit from my dog. Excellent. I've witnessed the act and the aftermath of him taking sort of a bite of sheep poo as if it was a an ice cream. So yeah, you know, they are like, they're angels and members of the family, but they are creatures and disgusting, they are yeah. disgusting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're gross. Yeah, you should know that if you're going to get a dog, they're gross. Yeah, they're so gross. So beautiful and so perfect, but so disgusting. So does he enjoy public transport because everyone makes a fuss of him? Yeah, so while I read a book when I was preparing, so again, I did all the things you're meant to do when, you, when you're when you going to be a first-time dog parent. I went out and bought every single book about chihuahuas that I could find in Waterstones. And <laughs> one of them said, you must expose your dog to everything you want them to be comfortable with mm. in the first 14 weeks of life. So given that Prince came to live with me, I think he was about nine or ten weeks old. You know, that meant I had four weeks to make sure he had experienced everything in London so (laughs) that he could live as a Londoner. So that poor dog, I mean, the (laughs) things, you know, he was on the tube, we were going to great heights, you know, I was desperately trying to expose him to everything that life might throw at him. And you still fail. He's still very, very weird about mobility scooters, which is really problematic. Yeah. (laughs) It's quite problematic. Um, But yeah, I was really making sure he'd been on buses and in cars. And as well, I knew that as a part of my career, travel is just a fundamental part of my job as a 
touring author. So, you know, he got very, very used to being dumped on publicists. (laughs) My poor publicist didn't have a lot of choice about whether or not they had to... I would just dump this sort of puppy on them and be like, right, you hold him because I've got to go on stage. And so, yeah, very often, you know, Prince would be sat on a publicist in the front row of an event while I was giving a talk at, like, some sort of literary festival. And that was just... But you can you can kind of lean into it because when when you have a job like an author or an actor or something like that, you know, people people assume you're going to be hard work. So you might in the end you kind of lean into it and you just become hard work. Like, oh, there she there she is with a fucking dog. Yep. Why not? Because you think you think I'm difficult anyway, so we might as well just be difficult. Let's let's really do it. Well, I'm sure publicity teams deal with much worse than having to have a teeny tiny little dog on their laps during. I like to think so. They, they seemed quite keen, and there's always in a group. There's always someone who wants a dog. You know, even if there is somebody who doesn't love dogs, somebody else does. So definitely. Okay, quick fire questions. Where does Prince sleep at night? He sleeps under our bed on like a blanket thing. Nine o'clock is when he goes out for his little wee and then just takes himself off to bed. We don't really see him after nine. He goes under the bed and we don't we don't see him anymore. It's, it's, <laughs> just keeps to himself, bless him. Yeah, he gets his Santa, his gross Santa, which is just his a toy? chewed rag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. drags it under the bed. It's quite chilling just watching <laughs> Santa go under the bed like in a horror film, like his little arms. <laughs> oh my God. Just watch it vanish under the bed. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a horror film. It's so funny. Um, does he snore? Sometimes he can be a bit snuffly. Um, he had kennel cough earlier mm. this year and he snored a lot during that, but not normally. I, I'm, I'm sure he can't, he's not a producer of a lot of noise being so small. No. What is his favourite hobby? He's very fascinated by a family of foxes who live at the bottom of our garden. They previously lived under our decking, but we had all the decking torn up, so they've moved two doors down. Although for how long I'm not sure because the house two down have just got a puppy. So, so these, po- these poor foxes are having quite a time of it. But um, Prince is very vigilant towards the back garden knowing that he will occasionally see a fox. Does he have any costumes, accessories or outfits? He's not a fan. Yeah. He will tolerate a harness. Just. Um, <laughs> um, but no, he's not, not... And I so wish he was, but... Alas, no. Oh, think of the cuteness that could happen. I know. Bert's not into it either. We, like, absolutely forced a little Santa outfit on him once and he was not happy, so we're not going to do it again. Has he ever destroyed anything precious or expensive? Yes, he did. So this, and again, things you learn, which is done, just don't keep things around. So I had this little teddy that I'd had since I was a tiny child and it was called Little Tiny Baby Hedgehog. I thought Little Tiny Baby Hedgehog was safe because I'd put it on my bed. And as a puppy, Prince couldn't jump on my bed. But then of course there came a day when he could jump on the bed because he got big enough and he jumped upon the bed and he got hold of Little Tiny Baby Hedgehog and and he did eat its face. Oh no. Yeah, that is, oh that's devastating. That's a tough story. What are the funniest noises he makes? Hmm. 
He's so silent that that's really difficult. He's really, really mute. He's either silent or barking when the doorbell goes. And I think that's largely because for a lot of our flats, we, I never had a doorbell. So, so by the time he became aware of what a doorbell did, <laughs> um, I think he was a bit too old to relax into it. Kind of. Yeah. What's the stupidest thing he's ever done? <laughs> his first encounter with water was interesting, although he just launched himself into a pond and swam. Oh, it, great. He, he, I don't know quite how he survived that one, um, but that, that, was, that was a choice. Yeah, Bert launched himself into a frozen pond at Hampstead Heath. One of the ponds had frozen over and he was like, oh, this looks like I could walk on it. He could not. We had to fish him out. Oh, my God. His harness. I don't think I've ever gasped so dramatically. What's his favourite type of scratch? Oh, tummy. Yeah, belly. But then that, that is a sign that you've definitely earned his love because he won't do that. Because one of my regrets about chihuahuas is rarely can you convince them to be turned onto their back. Mm. So you can't hold them like a baby. Yeah, yeah. Really. Like Prince, it's never going to happen. He flips out if you try to turn him upside down. So if, if he is willing to bear his tummy to you, then you, you are doing really well. And that was, that was a moment for Max because oh. he, will, he will let Max scratch his tummy. So. Oh, bless. Do either of you, dog or human, have any projects coming up you'd like to tell me about? Prince is still just chilling in his middle age. <laughs> and in terms of me, I've got my first Christmas novel coming out this <gasps> Christmas. So that, yes. that's a first for me. I saw. Remind me what it's called. It's called Stay Another Day after the East 17 Christmas number one. And, oh. you know, my last three novels have been quite heavy. So, you know, I've tackled drug addiction and sexual assault and, and drug use. So I, I wanted to do something just lovely and what could be more lovely than Christmas. And last year, obviously, we didn't really get Christmas mm. um, because of lockdown and I didn't get to go home. <laughs> Bizarrely, last winter, that was when I was filming my episodes of Holby. And what they don't tell you about life in a soap opera is that you, you just do a lot of waiting. You do a lot of waiting around yes. to be called to set. And so I mostly wrote Stone of the Day from a BBC changing room because I was just really excited about Christmas, but at the same time really bummed out because it kind of did feel like Christmas was cancelled. And so it's a lot more lighthearted than the last three novels. It's basically a rom-com. It's like if you like Love Actually and The Family Stone and Last Christmas, all those Christmas yep. movies. It's yep. kind of like a Christmas movie and a novel. Oh, can't wait. I think it sounds amazing. Juno, thank you so, so, so much for talking to me about dogs. What a fun way to spend an hour. Just, yeah, let's just talk about dogs. Thank you for listening to Who's a Good Dog. If you liked the show, hit subscribe on your favourite podcast app and tell your friends at the dog park. If you didn't, keep it to yourself. And if you really, really liked it, I actually wrote a whole book about dogs. It's called Good Dog, celebrating the dogs who change and sometimes even save our lives. 
It's about my dog, Bert, and how he helped me through depression, and 10 other good dogs who've helped their people too. There's a precious Australian guide dog, an autism support pug, and a diabetic alert collie. Basically, if you like dogs, I can almost guarantee you'll like this book. You can also find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok on Kate I. Lever. This episode of Who's a Good Dog was produced by Arlie Adlington. Original music is by Luke Batt, and the artwork is by Ryan Hodge. Cuteness levels generously increased by the presence of Bert the Dog. a good dog you just heard a stripped media production as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming i wish i had used indeed if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster and indeed doesn't just help you hire faster 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com podcast that's indeed.com podcast terms and conditions apply 